calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. I'm Brian Beckner. I'm joined here by Molly McAleer. Hey, Molls, what's up? Dude, I feel like it's been a month. So long. You left the country for, I, I think, five days. And, you know, th- like the stereos, we missed the stereos. I felt I like you have been gone for a month. And it's so nice to be back with you. Same. I don't, I don't know how people like operate life because... I went away for a week and I come back and I'm just like so overwhelmed by everything. Every like I'm as I sit here and record in my home studio in the Baller Lifestyle World headquarters here in sunny Laguna, Laguna Beach, Beach, Laguna Beach, California. I'm looking at my fridge and my fridge has not been opened in a week. And I know there's arugula in there. Oh yeah, I know there's cucumbers oh the arug in the cukes are the first to go there's there's tomatoes in there there's there's you refrigerate your tomato you are a bogan dude that's bogan status you fucking refrigerate i don't you hold on refrigerate tomatoes like a bogan dude i don't a bogan would refrigerate a tomato too i don't refrigerate the full-size tomatoes i refrigerate the little baby ones the great why why are you treating them differently i don't know because they come in a little package yeah but you have to you treat them the way that they're refrigerated at the store in produce thought about that yeah get a life no way some people refrigerate but, fruit, like oranges and shit. Get the fuck out of no, here with that. Get no, never that. that. You can always taste too. Like with apples, like if I take, I mean, I'm an apple connoisseur. I don't know if you know that about me. I, I like to go apple picking. I, I it's a big part of my life. Yeah, I, I love it. You. It feels like I am 100% myself when I'm apple picking. Yeah. Uh, You know, like it doesn't need to be. Like, I feel like if I apple picked every day, I would be, um, 
100% spiritually right with the universe, you know? Yeah, I, I don't know. I feel but like when they that would be them. a hard job if you did it every day. It wouldn't no. be the thing you enjoy no. doing once a year. And let's be honest, not even that often. No. You do it every few years and you love it. If you had to do it every day, no, you leave it'd be it behind. one of the worst jobs you leave in, it in the No, you, it's not <laughs> the worst job in America. That is yes. insane. Fruit picker no. is widely considered one of the most <laughs> difficult jobs there is. Come on. No, I no, know. I think no, I if I would be really I would be successful at Apples. I would be <laughs> oh, no, I'm not, I don't doubt that. You're you're pretty tall, so that would help. I am you, you have a love for it. Like you're you're excited I do. to do it. But I feel like after a while, like I would say a week, or maybe in your case, a month. It would get a little old. It would get to be kind of a hard job. Okay. Yeah. So listen, Yashar. Okay. Right. So Yashar. Is, we is all he, know Yashar. Is she planning a takedown of, of Pepperidge Farm? <laughs> like that's Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised the Pepperidge yeah. Farm era. But listen, I'm telling you that this is... <sighs> okay. So we all know Yashar. How do you know Yashar? Just from... Honestly, I have no idea. I... Th- can people do a thing where they like, like secretly pay off Twitter to make you follow them? Because because at one point you mentioned Yashar to me, and I was like, "You're like, where did that guy come from?" And I'm like, "No shit! Like, why is he always in my timeline?" And I thought he was just one of those people that just like got retweeted constantly into my timeline. And then I was like. No, I fucking follow this guy. This is why I see this guy all the time. And it turns out that much like the people in his life that he knows, he was in my timeline. I don't remember following him. I didn't know one thing about him. I'm like, who's this child that tweets all these links to everything that seems to know about things that are happening first and everyone seems to follow. And why do I follow him? So uh, immediately I unfollowed him, but I still see his shit every fucking day. I don't know who the guy is. I mean, listen, I'll be honest. I don't think I started paying really close attention to the news and world news before maybe 2000, like the like maybe 2000, whatever, like maybe 2014, right? When the election started to gear up. I don't really think I ever really paid attention, if I'm being honest. There were certain things that like I just didn't get the memo on. Um, and you're, you're I think I started to... I started to get like the um, Twitter changed where they would recommend certain people based off of topics they thought you would like. And so news was always in one of that. But like I would say notoriously like the on like snark Twitter or whatever, like the comedy accounts that are pushed to the top, right. Or the independent news person that's pushed to the top. I mean, Ben Shapiro was someone who really like benefited from that type of algorithm boost. And I think it was a mixture of um, you having the check, you having the right people that followed you and that engaged with your posts. And for a lot of these people, sometimes it only takes like a couple influential early fans to blow their shit up. 
And yeah. it seems like Yashar is someone that uh, is all around. You know, he's just someone that has figured it out. Um, I'm very interested by the story that came out. So this LA Times piece, or the, sorry, Los Angeles Magazine piece came out. Uh, the Curious Rise of Twitter Power Broker Yashar Ali. Okay, and this is by Peter Kiefer. Came out on June 9th. And it's a very interesting profile because it has like almost a celebrity profile angle to it, um, which is kind of cool that they gave him that treatment, I think. Yeah, this this writer, um, kudos to this guy because this Yashar guy is notoriously private and we learn – for good reason. There's a reason that he doesn't allow his picture to be taken. There's a reason he doesn't sit down to, for interviews. There's a reason he won't fucking FaceTime with reporters. There's reasons for all this because he's trying to, he's cultivated a brand and he, and the brand is bullshit for the most part. And he's trying to keep that facade up. And this, what's his name? Peter. I want to give him credit. Kiefer. Kiefer. He does a great job and the way it's written is really brilliant because he's like, here's who this guy Yashar is. Like he goes like through a few paragraphs here. I met with him. Here's his, his Twitter picture. Doesn't look anything like the real person. Something that's so chaotic though, dude, is that it starts out with him saying that he was crying about the death of an elephant that he loved when he came into the interview, which is so interesting because I would say some of the more like griftery or yes. like fail, like Thank falling you. up sort of people yes. that I know um, go very like, it's this shallow, yes, but like over it's, display of emotion. So that right away a, you're like, Oh my God. Right. It's a manipulation. It's, it gave me Sean King vibes. I know he's a controversial guy, but it's it gave me that kind of vibe where the person who's Sean I my Sean Kane is a friend of mine who's a middle school teacher who's Sean oh, Kane Sean King oh who's oh Sean King okay that, okay am I saying his name correctly he's he's the he's, he's like the, an activist right he's okay he's often accused of he'll he'll be really. Yeah, Sean King. He he'll be really involved in a topic, and he'll be like raising money, and it, he'll, it, it seems like he's really invested in the thing, and it's re- he's really just trying to grift people out of the money for it. That's he's trying. right. It's and like and that's yeah. the vibe I got from Yashar here, where he's like, "Oh, my elephants!" And what just what a great lead, like as like journalistically you want to get people's attention. And when you first meet the guy and the guy's fucking crying about his elephant, it really paints exactly the picture of the guy without p- passing a word of judgment about him. It's a it really, really everything else Because he, he knows that people are going to be able to find out all this stuff yes. that's coming out. Yeah. So it's like, it's a good way to right off the bat, paint like uh he's potentially misunderstood yeah he, yes he's trying to because every every charge that's leveled against him in the story he's got an answer for as all grifters do it's it's never quite what he's been accused of and so everything he's doing is trying to curry favor from people so that he can he can paint the narrative 
in his own direction rather than the one he knows this is inevitably going to go. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So he like, you know, they get into the fact that he has taken it upon himself to lead the canceling of many people, including Sharon Osbourne, the mayor of L.A., Eric Garcetti, uh, Allison Roman, uh, Harvey Weinstein. It's it's hard because some of the people he takes down, I dislike. Like, I don't like Eric Garcetti. So it's it's fun to me when a stuffed shirt like that gets destroyed and blown up as the big faker he is. Or Harvey Weinstein. He was the first one to break the Lauren Savon story, which was arguably like one of the most visceral. He fucking came in a plant. You know, it was one of the most visceral stories of the Weinstein story that really helped. I mean, he, the guy got convicted. So it's like he right. has done some good things, but it's all y- you got to wonder what his motives are. Um, they note that he is an openly gay Iranian American convert to, uh, to Catholicism who claims yeah. he attends mass three times a week. Um, he sends out an average of 60 tweets a day, a manic jumble of jokes, new bites and gossipy yeah. commentary about politics, media, aviation, safety, the Royal family, Scientology, gay heartthrobs, wildlife preservation and bath linens. Yes. Yeah. He was the guy who started the infamous, how many towels should you own? Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, I know. Is that more interesting? I know. You're like Harvey Weinstein, but also Linengate. Yeah, no, right. he was the guy who started like how many of each towel should you own Twitter that happened for. It was certainly no like the dress or no. Laurel and Yanny, but it definitely was for a few days on the a certain side of Twitter was a big the, deal. Was, um, was Towelgate also, was that also related or were these two completely separate, separate topics that I'm conflating the, do your, do you wash your legs debate? Uh, that's a separate debate. Yeah. It is separate. And, but we all, we all agree that we definitely do, do you wash, wash your, our legs. Do wash. Yes. No, I do a whole like routine. Everybody does. Right. Like it's yeah. who, who just fucking skips their legs. Cause Guys, and I'm not trying to I'm not trying to take this in a gross direction here, but your feet are at the end of your legs. So you're just going to skip the legs and do the feet right. or you're not going to wash the feet either cuz then you're disgusting. Like wash your body, wash all the parts. Absolutely. Yeah. You got to get like behind your ears and yes, like behind your, your knees yes. as well, please guys. Yes. That's so important. Totally. Um don't just let the conditioner wash over your neck and what at is the end the, of your shower. What is the right number of towels to own? Can I well, I'll go first because I feel like you have more definitive, you're more involved, you would know this better than I would. I'll just say this. You want like a full set, right? Like one set of everything for everyone in the house and then a backup set. Then a then a full so two full sets of towels depending on how many people live in your house. Yeah, well, for sure. I mean, I think that that's a good standard. I think right. that that's at like least, a, a fair standard. Okay. Yeah. Um, yep. I have like three bath mats or like bath rugs sort oh, yeah. of that yes. I have. And then I have two bath sheets. I, I cut down on my linen a lot. Oh, I have yeah, two bath sheets. Recently. Yeah, well, like, no, actually, like, two years ago, I gave away, like, a lot of my linen to my cleaning lady because I was, like, I was, 
I have poor person mentality. Same. Like I'm afraid that if I don't have all the towels, like what's going to happen when someday yeah. I don't have towels. It's crazy. I, no- I noticed that like a lot of my, my kitchen, like hand towels are kind of jank, but I'm like, what? They're clean. You know, they just look, they just look like they've been washed a lot of times. Like, do I really, is that really something I need to invest in? I don't have a lot of guests. They're fine, right? I think that's fine. I mean, I think everyone has a different, everyone has a different vibe. Like, I think for the most part, people are chill. Like, it's also weird to like judge other people. Like, I don't think I've ever actively judged anyone unless I know it's like a guy that's just like lazy and has like tattered hand cloths out. Yeah. It's probably like covered with his roommate's jizz. You know oh, what I mean? Oh my God. Yes, I do. I actually. go there. Like <laughs> I don't touch the group towel. Like I, I'll dry no. my hair, my hands on my fucking dress first. Like so I'm when you, okay. So anyway, hold on. Then I have like, hold on. I have like, okay, go on. I have like four towels and then yeah. I have um, like big towels and then I have like um, three beach towels and then I have um, six hand towels. And oh, then yeah. I have probably t- like 10 face cloths, like microfiber face cloths because yeah. Makeup. that I, you have to do that's one and done. Like you can't, yeah. I don't do that. Yeah. I actually, I actually have, well, I won't say that. Um, the, w- when you're, when you're using, what, what, aren't, you, what aren't you going to say? <laughs> I have a set of towels that are like exclusively for the gym. Oh, I'm doing air quotes. The gym. Right. The gym. And or just like. That's right. That's okay. Kamala Debbie. Okay. Stop. I mean, you, I tried to not say it. Okay. We get it. Okay. But like, you just like are, but you're edging it on the content too. Like you could have said that faster, but you like dragged it out. Like it was, it's, is this like a fetish for you? I'm so stream of consciousness that I start to say it. And then I realize that I shouldn't. Okay. One more thing. (laughs) When you wash your hands at someone's house or, or, Maybe you brush your teeth there and there's that, the towel, the hand dry hand towel, and it's either hanging there or it's folded neatly on the counter. You definitely dry your hands with the section of the towel towards the back of it, right? So if it's hanging, you reach behind the front part and you dry your hands on that back part. Or yes. if it's on the counter, you reach under yes. and grab the bottom part and dry your hands yes. like that, right? Yes. Okay. I'm just making sure that's the impulse, but we're all doing that. So like when I brush my teeth at someone's house and then I, you know, like I'm staying over to friends or something, I brush my teeth and I go to wipe my face with the back part of the towel. Well, everybody's done that. Or mostly, I mostly do it to stay away from my children's disgusting cooties. I go to the back of the towel, but my kids aren't smart enough to do the back of the towel, right? That's exclusively my domain. I don't know. I feel towel. like I've been going back of the towel my whole life, but Fuck, I was too. raised with Catholic shame. So I don't know. Fuck. So Fuck. like maybe they don't do that because they weren't burdened with the Fuck. same thing. Because yeah. I find that kids now are very like freedom oriented. They're very they, like there's nothing they, holding them back. No, Whereas we were, no. hated ourselves and yeah. still maybe do. <laughs> Yeah, it is true. Like growing up, we I was like so afraid to inconvenience any adult 
or like do anything that might draw attention to myself from an adult. And kids these days are like, Hey, Mr. Beckner, can you drive me to Riverside right now? Like, it's like, so just like, Hey, I'm going to just crack the fridge and help myself. Like, it's so, it's such a different generation between the way I was raised and the way kids are now. I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that. No, it's, it's like kind of a, like a miracle, honestly, like, I understand. Like, honestly, I truly think that a lot of the hate that like younger generations get is because they didn't get that themselves. And I'm like, grow up. Like you literally are the loser hating on like the thing you said, you're being the person you said you'd never be. Don't do that. Okay. So again, I want to recommend that you guys read this article because we're going to keep going through it, but um, it's linked in the description. And again, complete shout out to uh, Peter Kiefer who wrote this for Los Angeles magazine. It's a great piece, but he goes on to say that like, you know, he is basically awarded all of these various things. He's on a time list of like at the very top of a list of influential influential journalists. He's a yes. contributor to New York Magazine and HuffPo. Um, it goes on to say that um, he handed, when the reporter asked him if he had any potential, like, you know, character witnesses, I don't know, people he could ask about, you know, just acquaintances. yeah. yeah. He handed him a list of 40 bold-faced names, including actresses Busy Phillips, Mandy yep. Moore, and Kristen Davis, along with yep. Piers Morgan, Axios' Mike Allen, Politico's St- uh, Sam Stein, talk show host Megan McCain, and Abby Huntsman, and Irina Briganti, the much-feared head of communications at Fox News. Yeah, he had CNN's a president, Je- Jeff Zucker, number six on the list. I mean, basically, it goes on to say that all of these people know and love him, but don't know him. No, it's crazy because then the writer's like, oh, I'll call Jeff Zucker and ask him about Yashar. And he's like, oh, yeah, Yashar, great guy, close, confident. How'd you meet? No clue. And everyone has the same story. It's exactly how he got into your Twitter timeline, except in real life. Everyone's like, no idea how great guy. No idea how I know him. Don't I know mean, who this introduced us. Dude, Kiefer is a real one for this one. Like yeah. they, I'm looking at this on my laptop for the first time open versus reading it on my phone. Yeah. This screenshot that comes in after that paragraph is brutal. Like I've heard from friends, like I definitely have friends who have been like on the Yashar snark train for a while. I also don't, I've never like kept up with him. I sort of like to the, it's to the extent that I asked you when I was like, who is this guy? Yes. Like I've thought about that and I've seen some snark, but also people snark on a lot of people that I'm just like, are they even yes. worthy of this? Like, who gives a shit, right? Yes. Um, and I'm going to, I have a hot take on this whole story that I'll I'll save for closer to the middle of the end. But like, oh. the number one thing with our boy Yashar is that he's been called out for is he does not look at all no. like his no. profile pic. Uh-uh. 
Uh-uh. I can see how the profile pic is possible. He's yes. wearing a oh, yeah. hoodie. Yeah. You know, like he's got, I, I can see how that profile pic was possible. I will say that the Yashar I'm looking at in this MSNBC yes. uh, screen grab, he has really nice eyebrows. Uh, yes, really shaped. nice eyebrows. Well-shaped eyebrows. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I would say, you know, definitively, uh, you know, different. Different. Okay. I'll go, I'll go more. I'll go deeper here. First of all, this picture, this is a screenshot from TV. It almost looks like this was provided by Yashar because the face is filtered. What I will say is this, it was probably cleaned up by- You are so- crazy right. you're so true dude yes i'm blind as fuck hold on i'm blown yeah. this, this yes. is oh so what's what's going on here is they couldn't run an untouched picture because it would look like they were coming after him for his appearance they actually had to kind of like soften the they whitened his eyes. Yes. They de- oh, they like, oh my. They gave him the soap opera beauty filter, yes, like the little him. Vaseline moment. Yes, the, civil, the civil shepherd Vaseline lens. Absolutely. Yes. Here's Ooh, a, and this here's, is embarrassing. Here's a, couple, embarrassing. here's a couple more details about this. So if anybody that follows Yashar, his – he looks like he's 17 and, and Peter Kiefer alludes to this. It looks like his graduation era, a, a high school era photo. He looks very young. He's Yashar is a guy. And look, I'm not, this is, I'm not coming. I'm just trying to describe this accurately. Yashar is a guy with a lot of face. So in his profile pic, he smartly is wearing a hoodie and then like two hoodies. It's like double hoodie and a hat. So the hoodie like catches all that extra face that's hanging around the sides. And then it's, it's heavily filtered. So it's, it's like fixed to make him look younger. So if you saw the real him in a non untouched photo, it would be too jarring of a difference. It would look like you were trying to, to humiliate him. And so they couldn't do that in this picture, but here's a detail. And the writer never really hangs too much on it, but here's what he does say. He goes, he, he, well, he takes him as word. Yashar goes, Oh, that picture was taken just at the beginning of the pandemic or something. And when he shows Mm -hmm. up for the meeting malls to, to, in a subtle way to cement that that is a recent picture of him. He wears the same San Francisco 49ers hat. Right. Right. Subtle. subtle. He's not, he's like, Hey, here's how you know that picture was taken of me recently. Still got the same hat. Here's a beautiful, beautiful little piece from here. During our chat, he texts with a former high-level Obama aide, then deftly deconstructs the online bullying scandal that has enveloped his BFF Chrissy Teigen, number 30 on his list. He loves suspense, gossip, and high-stakes intrigue, but the combination of the pandemic and the sudden death of Luggard, that's the elephant, has taken a toll. His um, his um, on uh, sorry, he's emotional. On several occasions, when discussing his relationship with his family, he breaks down in tears. This is a, I mean, this is an insane behavior. 
for to show up. I mean, like it just is if this is the mindset that you were in when you were about to do a Los Angeles magazine profile, unless you knew something crazy was about to come out about you, which is hinted at later on because this uh, reporter says that they were contacted by a PI who was investigating Ishar for another claim. And, and, um, and notice what he does in that meeting. He basically does his Twitter feed for the writer, right? He's like, hey, just real quick text with somebody from the Obama uh, administration. Hey, how about my close friend, Chrissy Teigen? Oh, my God, the elephants. I'm crying. He's basically doing his curated version of himself in person. So he's like, look at me. I'm authentic because I read in person exactly the same way as I read online. I'm the same guy. Look at me. Meanwhile, like he's hoping the reporter is way too dumb to see that. I mean, like, is there anything more off-putting than someone telling you who they were just texting? Like disgusting. It's disgusting. Especially like, I mean, what kind of rookie does he think this reporter is? And like, what kind of piece did he think this was that was going to be written? Yes, but I agree. I totally agree with you. But as we learn throughout the story, this guy, it's very easy for him to manipulate people. Very well-known people, high, like people that, that exist in the realms of society where they have to be careful who they hang out with and who they talk to, he's able to fucking move into their houses right? within, within a brief period of knowing them. Like he, he the grift is strong with this one. He's good So at this. here's what I'll say about this. Okay. This is my hot take. Yeah. I actually think grifters on this level, especially because he is like, like he is a a gay POC. Like I'm like, kind of like go for it, dude. Like the grift at at that level, it's a little bit like Anna Delvey to me where it's like, that's not that big of a crime. Like the bling ring moved more than you did. Um, But I, I, I think for some reason these characters, I don't know. There's too much of a fascination on them. However, not my Kathy Griffin. Yeah. Not my Kathy Griffin. But he's like a good grifter. He caught her at a low moment and he was able to offer her something. And this is what he does to all of these people. He comes in and he's like, like, here's what I'm giving you. Access. The guy was like somehow got himself staffed with the Hillary Clinton campaign and then flipped that into being the, the chief of staff for Gavin Newsom. Dude, well, everything I knew everything I needed to know when it says he went from being a production assistant to going to politics, because I'm like, well, those are two very different journeys. Like he must have felt like he wasn't go that wasn't going to move fast enough for him. So the fast track was politics because it's so easy to be who you need to be in, in that crowd. But he used the names. He was able to befriend enough people as a P.A., to use those names to get himself in with the Clintons. And then he used those, he knew enough people there. He got Bill Clinton to, uh, to endorse Gavin Newsom in 2009 when Gavin Newsom did, couldn't even get on the, couldn't even get nominated to run for governor. Right. Like, he, like he's able to do, to know, 
just enough and insinuate himself with just the right people that he can always parlay it into the next bigger thing. So when he befriends this, uh, one of the Gettys, I mean, he's not stupid. When he befriends one of the Gettys, it's like he's giving something to her. And then all of a sudden, before she knows it, she's like, wait, this guy owes me $200,000. No, he's doing like Nigerian email scam IRL. Where he's like, oh, just give me your priceless art and I'll flip it for you for a fee. Like, um, this is this is exactly the type of person that some people need, but most people do not need. Like most people like it seems almost like if I I don't think he's like capable of this, but it's almost like if someone was a brilliant like heroin addict. (laughs) Yes, like sure. the way that he just is like, let me like get you to flip this priceless art like and I'll just take a person. It's very interesting. Yes. But OK, so this is uh, this is the next part that's like, hmm, OK, like long term yeah. weirdo. Yeah. Um, so he winds up working um, with uh, him. He was wait, sorry. So it's OK. He was at uh, Newsom's deputy chief of staff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, former colleagues from that era remember him as moody and sometimes impulsive, uh, sometimes impulsive presence who zealously guarded his privileged perch within the city hall hierarchy. Yep. He left a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths, one source said. He wielded total control over Newsom's social media channels and was reluctant to share any of the passwords. Drama seemed to follow him around. Four of Ali's former co-workers from that time remember him bringing a gun to the Amazing. offices of SCN Strategies, a powerful political yes. consulting firm, setting off minor panic. Ali claims that he just brought along an ammunition magazine, not a gun, to display while he was working on a gun safety ballot initiative. Yeah, it's this is what grifters do, right? Four people... Not one or two, four people all say he definitely brought a gun to work one time. And he's like, oh, no, they they got it wrong. It wasn't a gun. It was just a a magazine. It was just an ammo holder for a gun for that. Displayed a a gun. Yes. For a month. Yes. Yes. And he does. He does the smart thing. And this is what they tell you when you intern places. Make yourself indispensable. So he's why would he give up any Twitter passwords for Gavin Newsom when he's the only one that can control that. Why would he share that when that's the one thing that makes him important in that organization? He's not going to give you that. He's not stupid. He knows he's going to, he's going to ride this thing as far as it'll go. And then he's going to jump on the next thing. Right. So then our girl, Kathy Griffin, Mm takes the photo uh which yes. by the way tyler shields a photographer never gets shit for that but like he was just as much a part of that as kathy and was the one who posted it yep. but um yeah K- kathy griffin was getting canceled and she was desperate and she slid into his dms because he had spoken about her kindly on the app before yep. and you know she 
enjoyed him. She was following him. She bought into it. And by and this so time, the- he's a big name on Twitter. Like she right. needs, she needs help. And here's this guy that maybe has like half a million followers at that time, or, you know, 200,000 followers, whatever it is. He's somebody that a lot of people know, and she needs help. She needs to fix her image. Right. And here he is. She famously also turned to like Shane Dawson at the time, who I don't know if it's possible to permanently cancel anyone, but like she did a whole series with him. And I think it was because she couldn't tour. Like she knew that online, you know, possibilities were really all that were there for her. And so she was like, how do I get in with the internet people? So it turns out that they have this weird connection of attending the same high school in Chicago. And basically the two of them got really close. He went to visit her. He, it was sort of like a, Oh, why don't you just stay here? Sort of thing. He said he had to be in LA for like a week. Didn't really have a place to stay. She says, just stay here. Turns out that he lives there for nine months. Um, He insists that he was there for less than six months. Of course, he's got a different story than she does. And his is much more favorable to him. And this is, this is every single interaction that anybody has with this guy. Cause like, what's wrong with saying that it was nine months. Like at that point, just to like say nine months. I mean, that's the easiest thing to like, not lie about. Yeah, totally. Like what's, what difference does it make? I mean, six months, a pretty fucking long time to stay over at somebody's who you just met. And you, and you only have a, I guess, I, I mean, I hear that you got close, but really you just at most have a business relationship. You're driving her car. You're living in her house. Like six You're months. You're appearing is just as on weird. keeping up the Kardashians with a weird yes. blurred face because you're at the Christmas party. I mean, yes. this was, uh, you know, this is a, the place to be is like Kathy Griffin's assistant. This is a, she's a perfect person because one, it's already been proven that she can be stolen quite a bit from. I mean, yeah. she had her first husband completely grifted her. Like, yes. if anything, it's like especially evil to think that that could have ever crossed his mind is that she's clearly vulnerable. But she, 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 he definitely, that is definitely why he singled her out. Also, I was thinking about this because there, there were two details that bonded them. One, they went to the same high school. Okay, I he is from Illinois. I mean, I'll buy. It's a that, Catholic school, right? I'll buy that they went to the same high school. But there was another detail there that I thought it could easily have been made up. He said he once went to a party at her house. Right, Maybe right, especially did. because especially someone like Kathy would have rented out her old house for parties, yeah. or like. Do you know what I mean? I went to a party at your house is like, could be anything. She had a reality show, you know, maybe he knew details about her from watching her reality show. She, she's big in the gay community. Maybe he knows people that know her. Maybe I just, it just seemed to me like a detail of familiarity that may be true, but it wouldn't surprise me. That that's the kind of thing a grifter will will know can endear him to somebody. Hey, we went to the same high school, and oh by the way, I've been in your house before, so you know, right? You basically totally. Know me. You were we're basically close friends at this point. We grew up in Especially the same area. If that's how he is telling the story, 
Yeah. Like, I mean, Bella Thorne is notorious for renting out her house for parties. Yeah. Like, I think that Kathy would have done that with like her house before she bought this one yeah. in Bel Air. It doesn't mean her current house, you know, right. like Good point. if he's telling that story, like there's so many houses I've been in where it's like so-and-so used to live here. That's just LA, baby. That's Hollywood, baby. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. I don't know. Everyone, everyone lives in Britney Spears old house or the, every, every residence has provenance. For sure. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So apparently like this CNN journalist, Joan Walsh comes over to have dinner with Kathy and she sizes up Yashar immediately. Yeah. Cause she can tell. Like, Kathy's she's, uncomfortable. Like, she's yeah, having she's a, a little bit of, like, an... Yeah, she's, like, yeah. just, you know, the way that you do when someone's overstayed their welcome. Yep. And she says to her, Kathy, you've got yourself a grifter. You have to get him out of here. Mm-hmm. So, a couple months later, she had uh, two part-time male assistants, which I saw someone on Twitter hilariously refer to as like Kathy picked up two gays and like Fiesta Cantina. <laughs> Cause like, you know, that's actually probably true. And they ordered him an Uber and sent him on his way. So, um, you know, he says that he only stayed with Griffin at her urging and left on his own volition. He says the comedian even threw him a going away party when he moved out. I feel like they probably yeah. had some chips and salsa yes. out. Yes. When to like ease yes. the tension when he came home and his shit was at the door. Ooh. So they had some like coronas and chips because uh Kathy's dry. Yes. So like they probably just had some like chips and salsa out, maybe a little like Ricky Martin playing. I could see Kathy loving like Ricky Martin and just yeah. Well, this is like this is like when Craig from IT retires after 25 years and he's a weirdo and nobody likes him. But like three weeks before Brenda from HR who'd worked there four years and everybody loved her got thrown a huge bash. Cause she'd left for a better job. And we're like, fuck, we got to do something for Craig. Right? Like it's, it's so close on the heels of something so much more, such a bigger oh, celebration totally. that you got like, you're like, we kind of got to do something like, Get some fucking crudite and just no, throw it out. And someone in the office. Yes. No, someone in the office is keto and they've yes. got like a package of various Italian meats for yes. their lunch. And that's just getting put out with like a bottle of wine that the VP was given yes. at a dinner. Yes. Yes. There's, there's like a, a sparkling Moscato from something right. else. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly um, what happened tonight. Like I'm picturing the chips and salsa right now. Right? It's no, yeah. he's making it sound like they got like a mariachi band, yeah. and like there was, you know, the vendor we've spoken about before. One hundred tacos was hired. Like no, yes. uh, chips and salsa. So uh, apparently, he says that he signed NDAs with Getty Griffin and Buell uh, that limit his ability to respond, which is fair. Uh, I mean. That's, yeah. He says um, in an email later on, wanting to fix things and wanting to fix too much was one of my dysfunctional behaviors. It's something I've talked about in therapy at length and something that I've worked past, but still makes me sad when I think about it. Um, Do you want to read this last paragraph? 
Oh, wait, no, it's not even the last paragraph at all. Are we talking okay. Talented, we're talking talented, Mr. Ripley. No, we're, I'm oh. way past that, dude. Oh. Um, so because I thought that was a good metaphor. Like there's a little talented Mr. Ripley in him and there is like, he is a climber, but he's really fucking good at it. Like this guy could have, could have succeeded without the grift, but it's the, like you were saying, like the, the Hollywood thing wasn't quick enough for him. He needed to come up fast and if and the way to do that was bullshitting people if he had if he had hung on the straight and narrow he would have been successful but just not as quickly so here's the here's another thing where i don't want to assume the worst but it doesn't look great later on it goes on to say that he started to do charity work online Uh, he was raising money for the elephant conservation. He mounted drives for the rehabilitation of black churches. He'd worked in partnerships with two nonprofits, Robin Hood in New York city and tipping point in San Francisco. I'm reading directly from the article. Like that will be linked in the description to raise more than $1 million for COVID victims. To do this, he used the donation site, GoFundMe, which has built in transparency tools. So eyebrows were raised last March when Ali announced his latest COVID relief crowdfunding effort, which involved simply retweeting requests for funds from needy Twitter followers or offering to collect money himself to parcel it out. If you want to give to the folks who lost their job and are relying with their at cash app or at Venmo, but don't want the hassle of figuring out who to give money to, you can send me the money and I will distribute 100% of it in a transparent fashion. I remember seeing this and I remember thinking, huh, because he's like, I'm going to pick someone today to give a hundred dollars to, or something, something along those lines. And then he's like, let's see if we can get this going. And right. He, but really he was offering to be the conduit because look, if he's the, this big name, if the money doesn't get to the person that he said it's going to go to that, well, they don't have much cachet. They don't, nobody knows who they are. They could, they could yell about it, but unless the right person sees it, it's going to die off very quickly. And meanwhile, he does, he does $5, 20,000 times. That's a, that's a hundred thousand dollars. I mean, also like who's to say that the people who he's sending money to aren't in on some sort of deal with him. So here's the thing. Like I did, um, an operation Santa thing a few years back where like I came in, I like got refunded some money from like a bad situation and it happened around Christmas time. And so I spent about like two grand of my own money, but then I also collected $5,000 from like anyone who was available to donate on Instagram or Twitter. And I, screen capped every single request. I screen capped myself buying it on Amazon and I screen capped. Um, uh, I don't know if I screen capped my Venmo or not because I don't, I actually think like, well, one, it's all public. Yes. But two, like, I think it's like, I don't know the transparency of Venmo I think is super trashy. Like I can't imagine, like I, I play my, I pay my cleaning lady on Venmo. Me too. And like, I can't imagine someone like seeing me pay Martha. Like, it just feels like that's like not for people to see. That's private. Like, I, I don't. Yes. I all see my transactions people, are private. 
Yeah, you could go. You could go private. I'm public. I don't. I don't use Venmo very much, but it is kind of weird to see someone else pay my cleaning lady and be like, "Oh fuck, we have the. I know that person. We have the same cleaning lady. I never knew that." Or I see like I pay my rent on Venmo. Oh, that's intense. I pay my rent on Venmo. And then I see other people paying her rent. And I'm like, how many fucking apartments does this chick own? Right. She's crazy. Yeah. Like it's like a lot. Like it's, it's, you can glean a lot of information about a person from there. I'm turning my AC on. So if anything changes audio wise on my side, just know that like I'm wearing dry clean only pajamas right now and I'm trying not to like sweat them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I get it. It's very hot here in Southern California. It's supposed to get hot. It's supposed to be hot all week. Little, little Californians here for you guys. It's about to get real hot. There's, there is no AC in the baller lifestyle world headquarters. So if you're wanting to come through and um, do some raping, I will be asleep with all the windows and doors open tonight. What the fuck? What? Uh, what the fuck? I, well, we're going to gloss past that because I can't say everything that I think is wrong, but I will uh, just also own the hypocrisy of me. Uh, posting my um, QR code for my Venmo on um, KFC's Twitter. I will own up to that being um, something I did. It was a bit. And how else was he going to know how to pay you? Right. I just, in the day to day of, yeah, the day to day of Venmo stalking kind of creeps me out. Okay. Yes. So back into the, back into the thing. So, um, You can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything. You might shop while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers, and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world that ours is not a loving God. And we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. He... Uh, yes. People, people, the, so experts in philanthropy said that's a, that's a huge red flag when people solicit charitable donations via Venmo or the Cash App. And the FBI has a warning actually on its website urging people against wiring money via Venmo and the Cash App, calling it a favorite scammer tactic. Unfortunately, 
it is just a really easy way to transfer money for, you know, altruistic purposes as well. So you can't just assume that somebody's up to no good, but it's definitely a, a scammy way, an easy way for scammers to operate as well. So like the writer goes on to say that when he meets up with him for the first time, he's a little paranoid, like not just about the COVID thing, but because there's like a a lot of people who are interested in him right now. Yeah. The church of Scientology. He had, you know, put Jared Kushner on blast. I mean, this guy is nervous And and I think it's fair to call into question like, you know, at what point are you like just a professional like whistleblower for things that may or may not be true? And when are you a journalist? Because like the way that, you know, he cites his sources, which is a huge problem, is that it's sort of like a trust me, bro vibe. Um, He expects people to just sort of say like, yeah, I, I confirmed it with 30 people who are all anonymous and it's true. And this is, you know, as somebody that went to journalism school and is familiar familiar with the rules of plagiarism, it is strange to me what is acceptable now online, particularly on Twitter, in terms of sourcing information or just cutting and pasting somebody else's shit and representing it as your fucking scoop. Like that's well, you would very- think it would be a problem, right? But like it you would think it, but it, no, the journalists are horny for it. They're like, yes. please, Yashar, please claim yes. my story as your own. Make it seem like yours because he is considered to be like, you know, they say basically what used to be like a retweet from like a major celebrity or whatever. No. Like that's a Yashar moment. It's like you can't buy a Yashar moment. You know who I'm, and I'm not, not I don't want to digress too much here, but I just want to go on record. You know who I'm waiting for the, to, for to get this treat treatment is Rex Who? Chapman. Who's that? Rex Chapman is like a meme lord on Twitter. He has many, maybe millions of followers, many thousands of followers. He's constantly sharing different memes and gifs and like other people's content. He's like a fuck Jerry. He's like a fuck Jerry, but more like altruistic, less like some of the stuff is funny, but most of it is more like on the heartwarming side or the um, political, in the political vein. But he's also a guy with a checkered past. And I'll just say that. I'm just going to leave it at that because I don't want to go down that road and we haven't researched it. But here's the... If, yeah. the, if a Yashar treatment comes to Rex Chapman, remember, I said it here first. Well, here's the difference with, like, the main difference is that maybe on Twitter it appears as though Yashar wrote the story. Yes. Um, and so when he links to a headline, and he, it sort of makes it seem like he's the one breaking the news. He might even be so crazy as to write breaking as if he's the one that broke it. Um, that leads the traffic back to the mean source like a fuck jerry or someone who scams memes like the whole point of that is to defraud people from yeah 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 that's that's that (laughs) there's a difference there 
That's a he good has point. built out a clever little like business plan and like trust formation for himself because the more that like he endears people to them by linking to their articles, because like that yes. is true. I will say as someone who has like, you know, hustled for many years, like someone who takes it upon themselves to retweet your work or to like put you out there, you do feel not like I would say any sort of like obligation to them, but like you would stand like if someone yes. talks shit about them, you'd be like, no, they were really like nice to me. Like, I don't have anything bad to say about them. Meanwhile, like they didn't do anything except retweet you, which like may or may for, not mean anything for self-serving purposes. Like they didn't do it altruistically. They did it because it, they needed content for their page. Unless it gets to the point where he has relationships with people who you know, there's some sort of, you know, symbiotic relationship there. Yes. Yeah. You know, like uh, n- now he might be paid to work like paid or like um, somehow otherwise benefits from driving certain news to the top. Yes. Yeah, totally. Here, here's another thing and see if this struck you as um, just a, a weird detail. He's so he's afraid to leave the house. He's he's fully vaxxed but he's only been out of the house like twice since the pandemic. According to him, he's just in his house working. He, so he goes to meet this reporter and where does he meet him? At the four seasons. Right. Do you, do you think this reporter was like, how about we meet at the four seasons? Rather no, I than, bet Yashar lives in that um, building um, where Nikki Fink lives. Oh, right. I bet he lives in that building because I lived on Doheny too. Yes. And I wouldn't be surprised if he just lived on Doheny and he didn't want to take this writer to Soho. Although I'm sure like Yashar is a member of Soho. Like I think he just, it, the easiest thing to do is like, I used to like walk down there and get like full. Yeah. Like I would, but, but a guy trying to keep a low profile, why not like be meet at Starbucks where we can because like Starbucks no might be me. more vulnerable than like, I don't know if the church, the church of Scientology, Scientology is at four okay. seasons, but I know okay. they might be at Starbucks. Okay. That makes sense. But by the way, like I've been in some trubs with church of Scientology and it's like, it's serious, but it's not like all that. Like this is like, right. This is like, he's not Katie Holmes. Like what the fuck's wrong with him? Right. He's not Shelly Miscovich. Yeah. Right. That's like, even Leah Remini is like much more destructive to them actively. And she doesn't act like this. Right. But he's that's that's part of his brand, right? Is just being like I'm, I'm wanted, like people, and that that probably sets him up to to manipulate the reporter into be questioning when he gets a call from a private investigator, and when that private investigator identifies himself, he's got in the back of his mind, well, this Yashar guy told me, you know, people are looking for right. him powerful people are looking for him. Maybe I don't volunteer too much information with this, with this PI because everything he's working, every angle all the time, everything is manipulation. So Tegan is known as one of his good, his good Judy's. And this was interesting because this was something that 
you know, I kind of sided with, uh, I guess, Team Yashar on this one, but yeah. the Allison Roman thing that blew up. So apparently that email or that email, apparently that article or interview with Allison Roman in which she like kind of slammed Chrissy Teigen and Marie Kondo for creating, uh, you know, what she figured were just things that would fill landfills, especially with Marie Kondo, that being the opposite of her message. And, um, you know, this again was like a super obscure interview. Apparently it was on a website I'd never heard of. And I will give Allison the criticism of this. Like, I think that, and I relate to this a lot is that like sometimes like as a white woman under a certain lens, like, you know, what other, what other people are going to say about that type of white woman. Do you know what I mean? Like sardonic, like whatever. Um, I I felt like that interview felt like she was just like, maybe she had had like a couple of glasses of wine and was smoking a cigarette with the writer. And it felt like she was just having a very like, to be frank sort of conversation with him and it got published and it was a nightmare for her um, because of, you know, this, you know, also, you know, it's because of what she said, but it was put on a platform that was gigantic and that cost Roman um, her relationship with um, I think even potentially her show, which apparently Chrissy Teigen said she was producing, but then it came out that maybe Chrissy Teigen was not actually producing it. Um, And then, you know, she had issued apologies. And then Yashir came up with a photo of her, which he said, like, it was a Halloween photo in which she was dressed as like a, a homegrown Amy Winehouse, you know, as a lot of us did. Yeah. that Halloween. Like yeah. I, I, I mean, I definitely went hardcore. Like you wouldn't have been able to mistake me because I, I attached a, a black loofah to my head and then wrapped uh-huh. my hair around it. And I uh-huh. had hair extensions. I definitely like went for it, but hers was sort of like, you know, like when you put draw whiskers on and you're a kitten, but he went around saying that she was appropriating Chola culture, which, yeah. I think also could be a criticism that one might apply to Amy Winehouse more than, but I, you know, sure. I would a never time. look, well, I, I would never say California. anything bad about Amy Winehouse. Of course not. She's a queen. Was a queen. queen. RIP. Well, way ahead of her time. All she wanted to do was sing jazz and she was manipulated by the people around her. Watch the documentary. Yeah, she had a Mitch Winehouse problem. That's what that's what my best friend Ed said after he watched that documentary. He goes, yeah. She didn't have a drug problem. She had a Mitch Winehouse problem. That's true. But um, she also I, did have a drug problem too, though. That's true. Yeah. But a lot of things that were okay at the time framed the wrong way, a picture taken out of context from a previous era. Look, growing up in Southern California, Chola Cholo was a very common Halloween costume where I grew up. And well, I, I mean, that's why like yeah, Gwen Stefani like somehow survived yes. the rain. Yes, exactly. Like it just, it was, you know, now it's looked upon as cultural appropriation and that's probably the right way to look at it, but it wasn't then. And people didn't have 
bad intentions when they did it at the time. I can't speak to this one, <clears throat> this one instance, but that is, could be a way to explain it. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I think there's a lot of love for that culture. Uh, yeah, if I'm absolutely. being honest with you, like on a, on a level of like, if that was local to you, like, I think that that's like, it's a, lo- it's a relationship of love from my understanding. Yes. Uh, I can't speak on it otherwise as a, as a first emoji girl myself. Um, but a few yes. weeks ago, um, his Twitter took a decidedly darker turn. So a few days before this story went to press in the yeah. midst of fat checking, he shared on Twitter that he was suffering from suicidal ideations. Mm-hmm. Going to bed, hoping not to wake up. He wrote his revelations about his suicidal thoughts continued for well over a week, prompting concern and warm words of support from thousands of people, including his elect ec- eclectic mix of bold faced friends, everything from rabbi, Wolp, how do you say that? Wolp, Wolp, Wolpy. the famed uh, yeah, Wolpy Goldberg, mm-hmm. rabbi of the Temple of uh, Sinai. I'm not, I'm going to get canceled for that. Yes. Uh, t- uh, to atheist Sam Harris, offered words of encouragement, an array of public figures from Megan and Kelly yes. to Valerie Jarrett to Sarah Silverman to Mark Duplass. Okay, so yes. even Trump lawyer Jenna Ellis expressed concern uh that is not my ideal smoke sesh i'll just say no, that right now no those are i i don't think i want to blaze with any of these people <laughs> but it is funny how they'll just automatically they don't know shit about this guy other than his tweets and but people will like rush to to offer words of encouragement, even though it's likely a manipulation, they're being manipulated. Well, because here's it. the the truth is that like you can never, when someone says they're thinking about killing themselves, like you can never just like heart and move on or scroll. Like if you are there, like I mean, that's the truth of the manipulation. Of course, obviously, this was to discourage people who are being asked to comment to go in on him yes uh, because you know because again it says as they were fact checking so that means that he he knows that people were getting calls and if they saw that he was saying he was thinking about taking his life they wouldn't have got i mean oof it's a lot so i i want you to because you're a good you're a good reader out loud brian um can you read this last two little like moments here back at the four seasons hold on i've been scrolling up and down everywhere and i don't know where we are could you direct me by via picture the final part of it uh los angeles what to eat what to eat and do in la is the osborne it's the very last two paragraphs of the article okay (laughs) calm down Hey, I'm I'm good. I'm a good friend. Okay, I do not no yell at you like not. you did that one time that you oh, yelled at me about the link fuck. in the Chugi episode. That is not okay. True. I've never. I yelled was at you. not being. You I've, yelled at me. I'm conflict avoidant. I never yell at anyone. 
I don't know. You were no, you weren't yelling at me, but you were being a dick, which by the way, I'm sure I can get at least one other person and confirm you've been a dick in your life. So oh, absolutely. Hey, there's one. Yes, there's one. You definitely could. No, and I'm sure you can get people to confirm that I'm a lot <laughs> a things worth worth so I, much more than a dick. <laughs> I operate only on my personal interactions with you. Can you hear need... my lip gloss? Yes. Can you hear my lip gloss? Is that good ASMR? Should I do ASMR sometimes? Yes, you should. I'm surprised you haven't, honestly. Okay. I think I do. All right. Okay. So keep going. Read this. Sorry. Back Back at the Four Seasons, as I turn off my recorder and get up to leave, Ali is in an upbeat mood, eager to share. I later discovered he had been secretly recording me as well. He tells me he'd be happy to sit and chat for several more hours, but it's getting late. I affix my mask and we exchange pleasantries, bump fists, and make plans to talk again. It's now dusk and the snarled traffic on Doheny is an unwelcome sign that the world, after a truly horrific year, is finally getting back to normal. As I exit the driveway, I steal a glance over my shoulder and notice that Ali is still seated at our table, alone, avidly scrolling through his phone. Really bookends it, right? He didn't have to go. He didn't have to go. And he's back to being him. He's, He's on the make. He starts it with he shows up to a meeting crying and he ends it. This is a, a really, really just the the content of the story is fascinating, but it's just really well crafted piece because super well crafted piece. All props. Yes, he sets you up at the beginning with a manipulation, and then he finishes it off without lecturing to you. He finishes it off with just a picture of what he sees of a man that is on the make that is trying, that is manipulating people and is exactly who he's been painted as throughout this article. I think it's fantastic. Brutal. Honestly, I mean, this had to be, this is perfect because it wasn't too mean. It was, it just, he just told the facts and they, and they spoke for themselves. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. It's just, uh, there's no editorializing. He's, he uses other people's quotes. He, he draws you a picture. He uses his own words and it's, it's up to you to, to make a decision, but. And he also was making himself invincible by just endlessly attaching himself. I mean, the fact that he was, as he said, like deftly explaining, uh, his friend, Chrissy Teigen's bullying scandal. It's like, what are you explaining about it? And this like brings us to our next topic. Chrissy Teigen, friend of Yashar, uh, who probably had her strategy built by him. This feels very Yashar. So she comes back with a second apology. Like that just came out today, uh, Monday, like a pre-apology apology. It's a it's a post apology apology. Like it's right. like, hey guys, I've had three weeks to think about it, and I just wanted to say that I've changed a lot. I mean, this is very similar to people going into like anti racist training yes. or whatever, where it's like I had to spend three weeks thinking about how not to be hateful, and I 
take it back. But here's the thing. So I think that Chrissy's point here is, is honestly, it's very relatable at its core. And a lot of people might not like that I'm saying that, but I think it's true. I think that when she was doing a lot of her toxic Twitter behavior, that was something that was rewarded on the app. And there was a lot of people who did it to a lot of success. And big time, um, big time. I don't names, think- names that we won't name, but that people know. Right. Like our Twitter celebrities got there from being mean haters Haters. and like, and like, but not just, you know, I mean, like at the time it was considered to be some sort of societal, you know, um, analysis or commentary. Like it was, it was always treated at the time as some sort of like cutting like post 2008 celebrity commentary where you couldn't like post pictures of a woman shaving herself bald and having a mental breakdown, but you could still, um, throw really crazy stuff at people without any sort of lighthearted silliness. Yeah. Yeah. But like, no, like, I mean, like it's like the quality of the joke. Like you used to be able to, this was like before you could tell the president to kill himself on Twitter. Yeah. But like, yeah. But also people weren't saying like preaching kindness was like a priority. That wasn't the thing. It was like this place where you could make really nasty jokes about an underage Kylie Jenner. Um, yes. In like commentaries on people's bodies and about their lifestyles that now just would be a no go. Um, and some people engaged in that more ferociously than others. Um, and you know, I mean, I would be lying if I said that there aren't like certain things I've said in my in my life that I I feel regretful, especially um, because so many things I say are in like a a joking tone in my mind. Like yes. the idea that they wouldn't be perceived that way is like heartbreaking to me. But like you see sometimes the way that like when people say to you, and Chrissy notes this, that when people meet her in real life, they're like, "Oh, I thought you were going to be a bitch." You know, and I've definitely, I've definitely dealt with that where people are like, forgot you're easy to talk to. Like, oh, you're so like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, you have like the best heart, but you have like, you're so caustic or whatever. Like that is like, uh, something I've heard. And so while I, I relate to a lot of what's going on here, this should have been cleared up years ago. Like all of this shit. She should have been sending gift baskets to Courtney Sodden's house for her divorce yes. with like a girl. I'm so fucking sorry. Like, like, listen, I, I just have, I feel like I, as much as you can, you have to make it up to people that you are hurtful to, uh, especially when it seems like, honestly, I think Courtney Sodden and Chrissy Teigen would get along. <laughs> yeah, probably. I mean, she, and that's what makes it sus is because it was such a campaign of bullying. Now, and, and here's what else makes it sus. It was both on her public page and via DM. The DM is is beyond. Like, I can't imagine. Yes. I mean, yes. it's always been considered like an embarrassing thing yes. or like a risk. Like if you're going to yes. at a celebrity, it better be the most sincere thing or yes. it better be like 100% a joke. But like I cannot imagine adding a celebrity like because we yes. have to remember 
Tegan herself was not considered a celebrity no. when a lot of this happened. And this is one thing she brought up during the Allison Roman thing that I was like, touche. Yeah. Like you, when you're, when you don't know people, when you're not notable, when you're not whatever, you feel like you can say things about people. But then when you start to see that like famous people are real people, Yes. It hits on a different level. Like, not is it just bad for business, but it's like, oh, these people are like way too unassuming to deserve this. Like, this person is not ready for this, you know? No, especially someone who's 16 years old, just because they present older and they're married and they and they crave, they seem to crave the spotlight. And because the conversation about grooming or this sort of situation wasn't a national dialogue, right? Like maybe at the time, like grooming wasn't a national conversation, but like there was still something you knew was wrong with it. You know, I, it's so now she put out this big apology and I don't want to talk about it too much. And I I know you don't either because we have some other fun stuff to get to, but well, there are more details though. So it's good. It's good that we, that we're covering it. I'm a little tie-tie of Chrissy Teigen sneaking her way into our podcast every week. Well, I noticed, like, this week, who's the guy from CNN that jerked off on the Zoom? And he was a writer. Oh, Toller or whatever. Jeffrey Tubin. He relaunched on CNN. And, hey, like, maybe he's accidentally was jerking off. He's an older guy. He doesn't realize his camera's on. I don't know why people need to jerk off at work, but whatever. I I guess he gets a second chance. Although there were some allegations that he was also a little grabby around the office with the staff, but whatever he gets a relaunch. But what he did was he left and now he comes back. This is the path you have to take. If you want to come back, you got to go away for a little while. You just, you got to let people forget and be less mad at you. And so if you keep apologizing every week and you never go away, you're doing yourself a disservice because people can't forget what a fucking bitch you were in those tweets. Right. I know. And I think that this might have been like a pretest to see if people were already over it because like these, you know, especially let's call Tr- Chrissy what she is. Like she has built a lot of businesses off of being an influencer, but she is yes. an influencer That's and it. she can yes. change a company's business like just by saying like, hey, I like this burrito joint in Los Angeles or, you know, she can change a family's life by doing that. And I think yes. she is very much tied to this online relationship. And there are online, you know, there's people who have this sort of currency who are able to rebound slightly quicker than this, but she keeps getting hit. So just uh, while we were recording, I saw this article come up. Michael Costello, who was a designer who I believe worked with her, posted a series of stories on his Instagram, um, in his caption says, you do not have to say anything mean or hurtful about them in the comments. I'm trying every day to love myself and forget this happens. This is step one. So he writes, I didn't want to do this, but I can still, but I can, sorry, I didn't want to do this, but I cannot be happy until I speak my mind and I need to heal. And in order for me to do, 
that, sorry, in order for me to do that, I must reveal what I've been going through. I wanted to kill myself and I'm still traumatized, depressed, and have thoughts of suicide. So do you want to go on and read this? Because I feel like I have to put my glasses back on and I won't be able to do that. 38 opened up about his pain in a lengthy Wait, statement. Oh. Hold on. I'll send you. I put it in the doc, but I'll send oh, you it. the link to his From Instagram. From his gram? Yeah. I got it. I was reading from the other article. Sorry. No, it's okay. I updated in the moment. Yeah. No, this is, this is what we do. This is breaking news. Um, I didn't share. Yeah, we're your char now, you guys. Breaking news. No, I saw this from E online when I was peeing uh, during the break. (laughs) In 2014, I I received a public comment from Chrissy Teigen on my Instagram page, accusing me of being a racist. She apparently formed her own. Wait, you didn't read the wait, you didn't you're not reading the right thing. Oh, I'm not? I'm reading his Instagram post. Oh, you Okay, the first slide says I didn't want to do this, but I cannot be happy until I speak my mind. And then the next slide says for the past seven years I lived with deep unhealed trauma. Are you seeing that? I didn't share this with anyone because I was living in fear. In fear of losing some of my most profitable brand relationships feel like you wanted me to read to because that, that was a hard sequence i didn't see there. it but also i do i don't know michael costello but i'm thinking he's a dyslexic like me possible esl yes in fear of losing friends and allies in fear of being blocklisted i think he means blacklisted even more by the power elites who run the industry in 2014, I received a public comment from Chrissy Teigen on my Instagram page, accusing me of being a racist. She apparently formed her own opinion of me based on a Photoshopped comment floating around the internet, which has now been proven to be false by Instagram and since taken down. When I reached out to Chrissy Teigen to communicate that I was the victim of a vindictive cyber slander and that everything she thought I was, was is not who I am. She told me that my career was over and that all my doors will be shut from there on. And wow, did she live up to her words throughout the next few years? I would book jobs only to be pulled off last minute with no explanation. I would regularly get texts and calls from our mutual friends and colleagues that her and Monica Rose a powerful stylist in fashion have gone out of their way to threaten people and brands that if they were in any shape or form associated with me, they would not work with any of them. Each I think time- Monica Rose is a Kardashian. Uh, Acolyte? Yeah, I think she was either fired by them or mm. she is who took over for Kim. In light of Kanye right. no longer being her stylist. Oh, right. Continue. Sorry. Each time I have pleaded with Chrissy Teigen or Monica Rose to see the whole story before believing a false narrative, a former disgruntled employee cast upon me, they didn't give me the time of day. So many nights I stayed awake wanting to kill myself. I didn't see the point of living. There was no way I can ever escape from being the target of the powerful elites in Hollywood who actually do have powers to close doors with a single text. That is so true. Not only was I the target of cyber defamation, I was also getting blocklisted in real life. 
I have suffered tremendously the past few years and kept silent because there was no way for me to ever escape this. Now I am finding the courage from within to share my truth because I cannot heal from the darkest hour of my life until I reveal. Last week, I wrote personal letters to my family and closest friends because I thought that taking my own life would be the best way out. No matter what I did, I just could not escape the false narrative that Chrissy Teigen, Monica Rose, and their friends believed in. I told my family how much I love them, how much I care for them, and just how sorry I was for my decision. Since then, everyone in my life has had me on a close watch against my will as a result of what Chrissy Teigen did to me in 2014. I am not okay. I may never be okay, but today I am choosing to speak my truth. I wish no harm on anyone, and I don't want to go back and forth fighting with anyone. I just want people to realize that I, too, am human, and this was the most inhuman treatment to ever be endured by someone who has seen their decades of hard work, years of building a brand, crumble from one comment. These bullies could have reached out to me anytime, but they refused. Instead, they would much rather see me suffer and laugh at my demise. To this day, I am still not able to recover from the years of trauma I've experienced. I'm not asking for sympathy from you. I am especially not asking for sympathy from Chrissy Teigen, Monica Rose, and those who have believed the false narratives they heard about me. I simply want to set myself free. Wait a minute. And okay, so apparently, oh, sorry, go he, ahead. He kind of screwed up the, because then the next one is just a, it's not the rest of the He didn't stick the landing too much. Yeah. 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 So. Uh, but he's, he's, um, got, he, he's got supposed receipts from his text where he says, Chrissy, can I call you? No, I do not have anything to say to you. You will get what's coming to you. Chrissy, I never called anyone the N-word. Those fake images were Photoshopped from a formal disgr- former disgruntled employee. Good luck with that. LMAO. Hope that story keeps your wrong. Your already dead career going. Oh, it isn't right. Your that's uh, please call me. He says, I am suffering from this more than you can imagine. So many people are attacking me over this. It's a fake story, but your comment is adding more fuel to the fire. Good exclamation point. Racist people like you deserve to suffer and die. You might as well be dead. Your career is over. Just watch. I w- something that I would immediately think, well, maybe this could be made up. This could, you know, things can be Photoshopped. This could be falsified. But we know this pattern of behavior, right? From Chrissy Teigen. We've seen her talk to people exactly like this before. She told- And I'll just point out this yes, real quick. Yes. Is it So Monica Rose, based on the research I did, now she is the stylist who had a famous falling out with the Kardashians All in right. 2017. Several, several of the sisters, not only because she apparently was going around claiming that she gave Kim her signature glow up, her Kanye glow up, wow. but- she was allegedly possibly stealing from the sisters. What? How do you even do that? Stealing their clothes and shit. Probably like clothes that were sent to them. Um, She was taking, you know, like, you know, Ballman says like sends 20 dresses and she takes, you know, seven. Those are the things that add up. Yes. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Um, And then, then also, 
And one thing, one thing I would ask, I would suggest people take away from that. Obviously, you know, no one can cause you to be suicidal. I don't think, I think, I think there are certain things in life that can push you over the precipice of something that's lurking below. But I will say this, something that this guy did that he might not even realize he did when he, when he sent those letters to his family, he was asking for help. He may not, right. have, he may have thought he was saying goodbye, but what he was really doing was reaching out to the people in his life saying, please help me. And I would encourage anyone within the sound of my voice that has any kind of suicidal ideations like that. Just people want to help you pick up the phone and call someone in your life right now. And they hundred percent will help you. This is, this is not how you're going to feel the rest of your life. This is just how you feel right now and ask for help right now. Cause it, it won't last forever. I promise you that. I will um, put the suicide hotline phone number in absolutely. the description of this podcast. Absolutely. So, those hotlines, I've had to call those hotlines for, for people I know in my life before, and they are very helpful. They give you the tools that you need to help those people. And, and please don't be they shy. Are. That's the truth is like, honestly, I've called too because of uh, fears of someone else doing something and yes. they are just as good of a resource for a loved one that's afraid of something like that as they are to the people that, you know, you don't have to be someone who's calling with like a gun to your head in a closet in order to yes. call those hotlines. Yeah, they, uh, they tell you what questions they're to happy ask. to there's, answer. There's they're happy blueprint. to answer. Yeah. There's a blueprint of what you do for people in that situation. And they tell you the blueprint and they go, here's, here's what you need to say to the person. Um, so also today I saw, before we even started talking about this, I saw Lilo <laughs> is trying is in the midst of a relaunch, a glow up, if you will. She wants to start working again. She wants to act. She booked a Netflix film. Yes, things are things are on the come for her and she has a Chrissy Teigen bullying story and I feel like this is more what This was something the fans yes. threw to the top and then yes. she commented on it after because much like the Britney thing there's you know a lot of people that root for uh, women who maybe are potentially misunderstood and have a yep. fan base and they're the first to say hey well she said this about so and so too and Lohan uh is now speaking out about it. Yeah. So apparently in 2011 and Chrissy Teigen has a real MO. She has a lane that she comes at you from and it's really, it's as low as it can get because it's just a regular barrage of, Hey, if you're thinking about killing yourself, you should because your life is worthless. And she, right. she this, loves a weaponizing mental illness. Yeah. So in 2011, she tweeted, Lindsay adds a few more slits to her wrists when she sees Emma Stone. Tegan apparently was making light of the, of the fact that Lindsay had admitted to cutting herself in the past and Emma Stone was having this incredible career while Lindsay was having a hard time staying She's having a moment. Yeah. yeah. Listen, yeah. okay, I we're going to get to I think what is the culmination of this podcast and figuring out how toxic we are to the online community and I'm going to go yes. ahead and say I'm fairly toxic, but I want to throw out this story. If you guys listen to our stereo show, you know we talked about Michelle 
Moot Ruddy, who uses they, them pronouns. And this is the person who claimed they were married to Pete Davidson. And I believe they were arrested and a restraining order was put in place um, because they they got as far as into the home of uh, Pete and his mother, the one that he famously lived in the basement of. So we, there's been we, an update to her website, yes. Bodega Cats Presents LLC. Yeah, she apparently has moved on from Pete Davidson, which is crazy because not only did she claim that they were married, I really respected her because she went business profile with it and on her LinkedIn. She was right. link, she was LinkedIning. About right. Her. I think you just don't see people do there, that. There, there. Sorry. There. Oh, there. I'm sorry. Yeah. They were, they, they were going full LinkedIn on their relationship with Pete Davidson that we assume is imagined. We don't know. But based on their LinkedIn, it seemed, it seemed pretty real to them. But they so, moved on. They're no longer. They're no longer apparently married to Pete Davidson, or maybe they're getting divorced. Well, there's What's, an. It's a. It's a little bit confusing. It seems surprising. a little bit. It's a yeah. little muddied. So Michelle, uh, Michelle's bio says Michelle Mootready is the co-founder of Bodega Cats Presents LLC, a Bronx yeah. native. Michelle graduated from the University of Rochester in 2017. Uh, blah, blah, blah. After working in human resources and live entertainment, they co-founded Bodega Cats Presents to increase diversity and belonging in the entertainment industry by curating ex- experiences that have cultural and social social impact. Michelle considers themselves to be a revolutionary and a creator whose superpower is storytelling. So now they have a new business partner, Elon Musk. I don't know if you want to read this bio that's been written for Elon Musk. I'm going to read the update on the Pete relationship. Elon Musk, chairman of advisory board. So he's got a title with their organization, Bodega Cats. Best Bodega known Cats for, presents LLC. Yeah. Best known for being a trailblazer. Elon is an American entrepreneur and business baron. I mean, he's South African, but. Born in South Africa, Elon has become one of the most influential and talented business leaders of the 21st century. And that, well, it's, this is just all his, it's just basically his bio. Currently, Elon holds citizenship in South Africa, Canada, and the United States. He's the father of seven. Aside from his success in education, Elon is skilled in karate and wrestling. Interesting. In his spare time, you can find Elon throwing events at his home in California. You can find him. You can find him doing that. Or brainstorming beats with EDM producer and DJ Chris Burke. DJ and DJ, like the way that it's written, it's like producer DJ Chris Burke would have been the better. Right, DJ yeah. comma Chris Burke. It seems like two people. Elon's creativity and innovation are just a couple of reasons that make him a community partner, mentor, and philanthropist. Preferred pronouns: he, him, his. So, congratulations to Elon right. Musk and Michelle Moot Ready on their new Bodega Cats Ellis. <laughs> Honestly, Bodega like Cats kind of LSD. like. Yeah, kind of like an upgrade, right? Um, yeah. You know, but then I, I can't find this on the website because, by the way, 
Michelle Mubrady knows how to build themselves a little website. Okay. Yeah. There is so much going on here. This is a, a slide that my, uh, my friend Nicole and partner in the solid listen network sent me when she sent me this website, my connection to Pete Davidson. Um, and there's like a little picture of her or them zooming in the top corner. And it says we are t- twin flames, a form of spiritual relationship. Which, by the way, is 100% anyone who is a fan of Pete Davidson or Machine Gun Kelly, they are using the words twin flames like crazy because that's what Megan Fox says about her. So twin flames is sort of trending in like the try hard skinny white boy community. Sure. Um, Okay. Autoethnography research. Autoethno... Wait. Autoethnography. Autoethnography research on yep. a social phenomenon is also featured in the self-published memoir. Mm-hmm. The police and my attorney are aware of this information. Wow. wow. <laughs> the packages did not begin until October 2020 and included twin flame and intimate items. This woman needs Context. They were care packages. A romantic gesture from a distance due to interracial issues with Amy. Amy is Pete Davidson's mother. Yeah. So this, this uh, person is claiming that uh, Pete Davidson's mother is not allowing them to be, be together due to interracial issues, which honestly is possible. They are from Staten Island, but I don't think that's what's going on. No, I don't think so either. Just IMO. If 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 you are friends or acquainted with Michelle Moot Ready, maybe reach out to them. They seem to be a little delusional and they might need some help. So yeah, for sure. Yeah. So much help. Yes. Um so this brings us to a perfect, just God. Sometimes I feel like Jesus is on our side. I'm going to be honest. I yeah. do feel like God is watching out for us. Definitely. So in the midst of all of us, all of these stories this week, there is a BuzzFeed trending quiz that goes along so per- perfectly with the theme. Sorry, babe, but you're a nightmare online if you check off 27 of 40 of these things. Now, I'm going to be for sure... For okay. sure, I'm gonna fall. I'm gonna be victim of this. And by the way, I'm gonna be honest. Yeah, you have to hold yourself accountable. Of course. All right. I'm I'm going for it. Okay. So no cool guy shit. Okay. Tweeted a, a song cool lyric or put lyrics as your status. One hundred percent. I definitely have done that both on Facebook and Twitter. Who can Who can forget the now playing era of Twitter? Like you also AIM, like hello, like you drop a little emo lyric yes. in your away may and yes. you're killing it. Yes, totally. Sent a chain email. I've never done that. Uh I don't think it's chain. No. Yeah. It's posted a like my status for a truth is or something adjacent. I've never done that. I know. Poked someone on Facebook. I don't think I, no, I don't no. think I've ever poked. I don't, I remember poking being a thing, but I don't think anybody ever did it. 
I never know. got it. I yeah, always was like, just, what is this? And people would be like, it's flirting. And I'm like, not oh, to me. Just, just say hi. Like, right. Weird. Don't be fucking weird. Passive aggressive. Uh, been in a poke war with someone on Facebook. No. Only F left ever left negative reviews on Yelp. <sighs> I don't know if I've ever, hold on. Let's look at my Yelp. I'm going to, I'm going to. I've left uh, nice ones. So I've, I've screamed that I'm going to leave a negative review on Yelp. Um, but I don't recall ever having left one, but I'm going to hold myself accountable right now and look on my Yelp, go to, where is there like a little picture of me somewhere? Brian B. That's me. Okay. This is a big reveal. Get ready. Zero friends, zero reviews. Do you, so no. Yeah. You just, that's good. Yeah, you so haven't contributed. Reviewed. Yeah, never reviewed. Uh, posted pictures of your friends without their permission and then posted video of your friends without their permission. I would say I, I don't think I've done either. I, I I would say that I probably have. I definitely have, but never a female. Okay, wait. I'll say that I haven't posted pictures of friends without their knowledge. Um, like I've said, yeah. I'm I'm posting this picture, and if they haven't said no, uh, I, I assume that's I I don't take an it's I'm not asking for consent yeah. the way that you would with other things. This is this next one is a real admission for me. I know. Well, this Post, is hard. Posted pictures of of a stranger without their permission. Check. I definitely have. I've def. I did like a whole series of people in scooters at Disneyland before like uh, yeah I'll post I have a no face rule same, like same. I won't ever post someone's face but yeah. like if I see them and like like only one fourth of their face is visible yes. like if I feel like the FBI couldn't ever match it to them yeah then like I'll post that. But like mostly it's almost always out of like some sort of admiration of like, oh, that person's fucking sick. Like uh, look at how amazing that person is. I wish I could say that. I've done it to make fun of people and I and I regret that. I'm not I'm not sure I've done a video, but if I'm gonna say pictures, I'll go ahead and say video. Here's uh, one thing I don't like is rich people walking around judging people. Like when I see people body shaming like I feel like comedians do that a lot where they'll walk around and like post pictures of people's asses like at the airport. And it's like, dude, that is so fucking tasteless. Like you're literally like a wealthy per like this person can be on their way to their father's funeral and you're p- taking a picture of the way that their ass looks in their jeans. Like, yeah. oh, they've got a muffin top like LOL, yeah. your fucking dad's dead. Like, yeah. come on. Yeah. No, that's okay. Posted more than once a day. Yeah. Of course I could. I was stunned that when we were reading that Yashar thing that he posts at least 60 times a day. I know. I wondered if they counted as replies. Yeah. It's, oh, it's gotta be thousands. Uh, well, maybe, yeah, maybe they, he, they are counting his replies. I'm saying. Oh yeah. 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 Oh, oh, right. Right. No, no way. Because he's got, he would get, he's got 800,000 followers. Right. Like You're right. Yeah. It's hundreds of replies to every post. Um, posted more than five times a day. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. I don't, but I have. 
posted more than 10 times a day. Oh yeah. If I'm watching like an award show or something or live tweeting. If the I'm Bachelor, live. Yeah. If it's yeah. a live thing for sure. Made a catfish account. No, or sorry. No. Used XD or XD is a laughing no, face. Two different. No, no. I don't even get that. made a catfish account. No. no, made a troll account. No, no. DM someone random. Oh, Cause you yes. thought they were cute. Check. Yeah. I think probably. Yes, of course. Posted multiple Snapchat or Instagram stories in it. Yes. Yes, uh, definitely. Posted multiple stories while intoxicated. Yeah. Yes, of course. That's like most, anytime I feel like free to post to social media, I'm probably not like sober. Like I've, I, yes. I would way, I way overthink everything. Like with so, a sober mind, yes. I'm like, what would someone interpret about that person's facial expression? No, it's crazy. Yes. Uh, posted multiple videos on your story from a bar or a club. Obviously. Yes, definitely. Posted mi- multiple videos on your story from a concert. Guilty as Done charged. It. Done it. Curated a post or story hoping that one specific person would see it. Definitely. In my younger years. Yeah. Of course. Slid into someone's DMs while intoxicated only. This well is intoxicated. Like, I mean, this is everyone's checking all of these. Like, this is everyone's a problem online, apparently, because this is just regular behavior in my world. Track someone's Snap score to see if it was going up. No. So I don't I'm not on Snap, but I did hear my daughter talking about one of her friends that claims that he's he he claimed that he's and forgive me. I'm quoting here. He claimed that he had mad hoes on Snap. And she's like, but I checked his Snap score and it's still 700 or something. Like, I didn't know what that was, but apparently it was impossible for him to have. Quote, yeah, it shows like how many people you're talking, yes, essentially. Because his score I, stayed the same. Yes. Yeah, I don't, I never even checked for that when I was on Snapchat, but because, yeah. but that's like a great way that people catch their significant others cheating now. Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, tracks, uh, so, okay. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, uh, started an online debate. Definitely. Oh, the mall is yeah. such a brand. Um, corrected someone's grammar. You know what? I used to do this and it's fucked to do, but I, I'm very guilty of it. And sometimes I would correct people and realize I was fucking wrong because I was drunk. So this is that's right, a real right. mission. Yes. Yeah. Posted a cryptic status with no explanation and then refused to answer questions about it. Yes. Probably like in, in my younger years. Yeah, I probably did that. Posted the same mm, selfie no. with a slightly different no. angle 17 times. No. No, no that's my ex-wife. Send uh, people countless no. games. Wait, what do you mean your ex-wife used to do that? Well, no, I don't know. Maybe. Would she like bank multiple selfies in a day yes. and then yes. post them over time? Yes, absolutely. And filter them. Okay. Send uh, people countless game invitations? No, no. Like that's like Farmville or whatever. Farm mm-hmm. world. Yeah, I've never done that. Post uh, excessive photos of your food? No. I've done that. I've posted I was in I was in a real food. Do you count beer as food? Because I was doing a thing where I would just post every different kind of beer I drank for a while. Oh, I'd like a telly type? Yeah, but t- no, Telly only drinks Black Cherry Claws and Jaeger. I would like taste a kind of beer and be like, hey, check out this IPA when I was real into IPAs. So right, right, right. Posted every te- single second of your vacation. You know, I was just in Cabo and I realized I took like eight pictures and I feel I was like, 
And most of them were drunk at a bar. And I was like, I wish I would have taken more pictures. I don't take enough pictures on vacation. So no. Same. I always feel like, yeah. like when I went to Japan, like I have like probably five great pictures from that whole time, yeah. but it's cause I was like, just loving it. And yeah, I also living. went by myself, you know? So it wasn't yeah. like, like there was a couple pictures I did on auto timer, like at my different places, but it was like, Oh, just to say I did. And I liked my outfit. You know? Yes. Yeah, totally. Tagged someone in a photo they didn't like of themselves. No, I I don't think I've done that. I don't think I've done that either. Well, actually, no, I'll be fair. I claimed uh, my my friend and I were going back and forth about who takes worse pictures of the other. And they claimed that back in the day, I did them dirty a couple times. Oh, yeah. But, you know, that could be revisionist history. 100%. Yeah. Um, Posted... Dozens of photos or collages for your friend's birthday? Never. No, not anymore. I actually think it's like kind of embarrassing when people do that now. Like past 30, when you're like, unless it's a milestone birthday, like maybe one or two on your story or like maybe a three picture carousel on your main if they're like your bestie. But at a certain point, I feel like you're just still trying to keep up with that sorority energy and it feels a little dark. It it really does. Like when people share all the birthday wishes they get to their story, like repost or whatever that is, restory. Yeah. It feels like a little attention- I just kind of will pick like maybe like the best, like the ones that are, that mean the most to me, because not even just like, oh, you're the best friend, but like, this was really thoughtful or I love this memory because I, yeah. Cause I also, Mm -hmm. I feel, uh, it feels sad to pick like a few people and then not everyone, you know, when everyone was so nice and took the time, but I will say that. I will always repost if you tweet a moment from this or if you tag us in a moment you love from this podcast. Same. That's like means the world to me. Same. Um, it is, it shout is out really- White Lightning and Dirty Preston, by the way. Um, White Lightning, I've just looked up to her always since yeah. like we've been on the internet together and Dirty yeah. Preston, birthday twin, love him. He's yes. like, they're two friends that like I didn't know would know each other. They got married and white lightning listens to this podcast, gave us a really sweet, solid shout out. So I just want to say shout out to white lightning, uh, white underscore lightning on Instagram. She's like the OG. She's great. Shared it. Yeah. Um, post, uh, forgotten to mute yourself during zoom meetings. Thank God. No, that's my biggest fear. I don't, I'm, it's usually the other way around. I don't realize I am muted. Um, types like this so basically just yeah elongate your letters yeah Yeah, for 100% use too much caps lock guilty as charged your honor I do that because I don't like to use exclamation points and I want people to know that it's like I'm a little more emphatic on certain things so I use the caps right yeah oh my god Change your relationship status on Facebook to it's complicated and gave no further explanation. No, no I'm not a fucking sex addict. Who does no, that? No one. Is it even, can you even still do it? I, I remember. No, it it's like a thing. nightmare. Yeah. No. Um, ghosted someone or ghosted multiple people. Those are two different ones. Well, I mean, every, I think that 
I definitely have ghosted people, but like in the pre online in online, like, no, like, I mean, there's people I've never intent. I don't intentionally ghost people. Yeah. I might forget to respond to someone. And then it's like seven years late in my DM. And by the way, I literally have 788 unread text messages right now. Like I'm yeah. clearly a fucking animal. So if you want to get in touch with me, if I haven't hit you back, just text me. Yeah. I, I leave my read receipts on so that no one ever thinks it's personal. Same, same. Um, um, I like that about us. That's how I know you're like, honestly, that's like the dad quality in both of us. I'm like, here's, I'm a dad. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm reading or not reading your text, dude. Okay. Yeah. This is great. Sent. Can I ask you a question instead of just asking the dang question? Totally. I've done that. Absolutely. I've done it. Cause I have friends that would, um, be like, honestly, not right now. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes so- it's just like, is it, I want to know if it's an, if it's a good time, you know, to bring this up. You exactly. Know, there's, there's something I need to talk to you about. Is it now right. a good time? No, it's not. Let's so what'd you okay, get? So, let's see here. Ah, uh, sorry, babe, but you're a nightmare. Oh, wait, hold on. You checked 23 out of the 40, not quite a nightmare, but not quite a dream. Look, no one's perfect. While you may be a bit intense online at times, you still find moments to pull back and disconnect. You checked more than 92% of quiz takers. How about you? I did. I'm 86%, 20 out of 40. I mean, but listen, like, I think honestly, a lot of like the questions that you answered are you have to have like a dick to answer some of those. You know what I mean? Some of the hornier questions. DMs, yeah. yeah no, right. Yeah, you guys, sure. though, this is uh so all of that, you know, really just shows you that we are not necessarily the ones to comment on whether or not uh, these people are internet nightmares. We are also internet nightmares ourselves. For Certainly sure. I am. Sure. I do have the little bodega cast presents inside of me. I, Yes. I'm a mess as a person. So don't. so we've got yeah. some bonus links for you guys to check out um, stuff about stuck fetishism. More and more fetish stuff keeps coming out. Lord's album art. And of course, check out our Instagram because Twitter reacted very harshly to a photo of Jackie Kennedy this week. And it was hilarious. So. All right, you guys, thank you so much for listening. This was a blast. We'll see you next week. Please tell your friends. Bye. Thank you for listening to Trend Lightly, a solid listen podcast. If you like the show, subscribe and leave us a review. You can find segments that didn't make it to air as well as ad-free versions of our episodes on patreon.com slash solid listen. Find us on Twitter and Instagram under Trend Lightly Pod. Send us submissions and feedback at trendlightlypod at gmail.com. And thank you to Why Not Johnsveld and Bradley Sona for our music.
Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.